All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome back to Dropping the Gloves. Tim, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, John. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know why? Why? Because I found out about this little fantasy group called Fantrax. Have you ever heard of Fantrax, Tim? I sure have. Well, let me tell you those who haven't heard about Fantrax. It is the most custom customizable fantasy platform in the industry. And I'm talking you can pick everything. It's offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, your keeper league, your redraft, your best ball leagues, whatever league you want, Fantrax has it. You can create or join fantasy hockey commissioner leagues. They can invite your friends, dominate your draft this season. Go to Fantrax. It has everything you need. You want a league with 10 teams. You want a league with 20 teams. You want a league with 1,000 teams. Heck, you can have a league with 2,000 teams with fan tracks. If there's anything lacking with your current fantasy provider, which there always is, you can never trade someone when you want them. You can never see this. You can never do that. There's always something missing. Guess what? Fantrax likely has it. They've worked out all the kinks, all the bumps, all the bruises are gone. It is the best fantasy sports app ever. Check it out. Go to Fantrax. And guess what? If that wasn't enough, me just letting you know Fantrax exists, because that itself is a gift. If you sign up for free, mind you, no money, you sign up for free today, you are entered to win an official NHL signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. So go to fantrax.com backslash DTG and sign up today. Go to fantrax, F A N T R A X. Very cool with the X, fantrax.com backslash DTG. You sign up today. And you get a chance to win an official, an official NHL signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Very exciting. Fantrax. It is the home of fantasy sports, not just hockey. You get football, baseball, college football, everything. Everything you want to do there. Go to Fantrax. Tell them we sent you backslash DTG. All right. Now that that's out of the way, I get my fantasy fixed, Tim. I got to get it. I won my league, uh, won my first week this week for fantasy football. Nice. Well, I shouldn't say I won. There's still the Monday game, but I'm okay. up by 80 points. I still have a, a kicker, um, Justin Tucker. I'm dominating, absolutely dominating. Best I, kicker in the game, right? He is very good. He's very accurate. My only re- reservations about him, I don't think Baltimore is going to have that great of an offense. They can't seem to keep a healthy running back on the roster. Everybody who's a running back on that team just pulls their Achilles. Imagine pulling your Achilles. Ugh. 
just get, gives you the shivers every time you think about it. It's just gross. You know what else gives you the shivers? What? Um, I went camping this weekend. I know. I know. And you know, camping is one of these things. And I'm going to go on a little tangent here because it was it was quite the weekend. Because you needed a little getaway after your two-week vacation. I needed a little getaway. Well, here's the thing. So my wife's parents, Mark and Sue McCabe, great people, um, they camp all the time. Like that, that is their safe space. Whenever they need a vacation, they go and they camp. They go for a week, they go for four days, they go for however long, and that that's their vacation. So they invited the girls, and they, they've been pestering me. They want to take the girls on their own. They want to take the girls on their own. I wasn't comfortable with that. So I said, well, I'll come with you. Away we go. We go to South Manitou Island, which is an island just off of Traverse City. You take a ferry there, 45-minute ferry, whatever. We're going to go for one night. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, right? Pitch a tent, make some dinner, make some lunch, make some breakfast in the morning, and away we go. The second day comes around. I'll, I'll kind of fast forward. We missed the ferry doesn't come because it's too wavy. So we knew going into it. We, we get to the dock, and it's like, there's a chance that we might not be able to get you out on Saturday. You might have to stay until Sunday. We only had food provisions for one day, and that was the first hiccup. The second hiccup was the bugs were insane. Like, just absolutely incredible. And I'm bringing my five girls. Like, I'm, I'm not bringing just two of them. I'm bringing the nine-year-old, seven-year-old, five, five, four. Just turned four. And so I'm bringing, I'm bringing a load. And we get on the boat. It's all experienced campers. They all got their gear. They all got their fancy backpacks and their boots and their walking poles and stuff. And I'm rolling on with five girls with um, Elsa and Anna backpacks. And I'm just, I brought one change of clothes, one pair of underwear. I'm like, I'm just going to wear the same underwear the whole time. Who cares? We're leaving in the morning. It was it was a tough sledding for two days. I didn't have any clothes. The kids didn't have any clothes. I packed for everybody. And everybody got eaten alive in the first half an hour. So everyone was miserable. But we, we plowed through. We got through it. Some funny stories occurred. One night, my, my littlest, who I was sleeping beside, I got to sleep with the five, five, and the four. The two big girls had their own tent, and grandma and grandpa had their own tent. She wakes up in the middle of the night just screaming, ah, oh, the bug bites, I can't handle it. She's itching, itching. And I had no lotion, no cream or anything, and I'm panicking. I'm trying to fall asleep. I'm like, what do we do? What do we do? I'm like, I have some toothpaste. And so I rubbed toothpaste all over her. <laughs> and I made sure it wasn't the minty kind. It was like the kid's kind. And I'm like, it's good. It's good. It'll help. It'll help. Like all over her face and not thinking that she's going to continue to cry and wipe her tears and get it in her eyes and stuff. Oh, no. It was a mess. It was an absolute disaster. And it was just, I mean, all right, that's one thing. The next thing is, have you ever slept on an air mattress? Yeah. So you've actually physically fallen asleep on an air mattress. Yes. Can't do it. You got to get a better air mattress. I got the top of the line one, Mark McCabe special, like a camping air mattress, like supposed to be state of the art, blow it up with your hands. It's like, it was a really good mattress. The thing that irks me is the air mattress doesn't like compress, like, cause I have heavier hips, a heavier ass. Right. And so I need my bum to go down and I need to get that support and I need my back to be, you know, supported. The air mattress just displaces air. So it just pushes it somewhere else, you know, whereas a mattress like it. So I couldn't fall asleep. I couldn't lay on my back. I couldn't lay on my stomach. I couldn't lay on my side. It was just a disaster. I didn't sleep for two straight days. Two days. The only time I slept, we went to the beach during the day. I fell asleep on the beach both days. 
That's the only time I slept. So you said you brought food for one day. Yeah. How'd you make it last for two? We luckily went to the ranger station and they had provisions from campers who left who were prepared. And I'm not saying Mark and Sue didn't prepare. Mark is an amazing camper. He always packs tons of stuff, but he was expecting one night as well. And so he like went all out. He got pancakes for the first morning. Like we had like a great meal the first morning, macaroni and cheese with chicken and this and that and rice. And like we blew it out. Like it was great. But then the second night rolls around, like we went to the ranger station. We're doing ramen. You know, we're doing these MRE packs, meal ready to eat from the army. So we had like all, all kinds of random stuff. We had chili, like vegetarian chili, which was, you know, we just had all those like add hot water and away you go. So the kids didn't eat anything. But we, we battled through. It was a fun trip. Um, camping. Do you, have you, do you camp? No. No. The thing with camping, I think it's so people get this romantic, fluffy feeling inside of them. It's like, oh, we're going to go camping. We're going to be in nature. We're going to be in a tent. It's going to be fantastic. I, like, it's going to be, we're going to be throwback to the days when they used to go cross country. Camping sucks. <laughs> like, the actual physical setting up the tent sleeping in the tent that part is terrible i think the ideal way to camp is to rent a house near the woods and then just do day trips hiking you know what i mean go to the beach go for a hike but just the actual like knowing that i was going to have to go back to the tent at night it just ruined ruined my night i'm like i'm not going back until i'm ready to pass out then i would go back i wouldn't sleep and I, would ha- I woke up one night because I heard my two big girls screaming, Dad! And I'm like, bust out of the tent, like run over there. My bug bites are itchy. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, just go to bed, be quiet. And I go back, the tent door's still open. We got bugs in our tent. I spend the next two hours trying to kill bugs. It was just a, it was just a disaster. Wow. Anyways, so that was our day in two days, three days, because we left Friday morning, transitioned to Saturday. The letdown of not having a boat. And then Sunday we were there until 2 p.m. So it was it was a, it was an epic camping trip. The kids how, loved it, obviously. How did you pass the time? Just went to the beach and slept. We, we caught frogs. So th- there was a lot of frogs in this island. Not a lot of predators. So a lot like all of the you know beta animals, the rabbits, the chipmunks, they were flourishing everywhere so we would at night i would hear them running over the top of my tent that's what happens when there's no enforcers on the island no enforcer it's it's happening in the nhl now the rats are running the running the ship so at night i would hear them crawling all over and i'm sure there were mice too but there was like chipmunks everywhere frogs everywhere flies everywhere because there's no bats like it just all these little animals that are used to being terrified on a normal mainland are just running rampant i didn't like it I didn't like it at all. But hey, good. Yeah, so the kids caught some frogs. We took them to the beach. We tortured them for a while. Like, we made houses and timeout areas and pools, and we let them, like, you know, play with the frogs. And the frogs probably hated it. But anyways, we did that for one day, and the next day we just went for a, a hike and a walk, and we took a nap. Yeah, right. So, anyways, yeah. <laughs> that was our camping trip, our very exciting camping trip. And will we do it again? Probably. What a, a weekend. I'm a sucker. What did you do? You get drunk again? You get all get all wasted and hung over? And then I didn't see any tables flipped over on the on the street, so it must have been a tame weekend. Oh, uh, no. No. I was thinking if I was going to go camping, I've been camping before, but like for me to really enjoy it, I think I'd have to go to like a national park or somewhere where like the views are just amazing and, and, and it's worth it. I don't think I would go to like a little island or a random patch of woods. To well, the- no, it was a national park. Like, don't get me wrong. It was beautiful. Like we got a picturesque beach, like in a little cove where we went to the beach every day and we hung out and we swam and it was absolutely beautiful. But the tent part, 
and the bug part. The tent. I'm not a big fan of that. And I don't know our listeners. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Tell me a way to get the bugs out of there. Can't I can't figure it out. Like I, I had bug spray on me, a bug spray on all the kids. I ended up, it was 75 degrees. I had sweatpants, socks, shoes, turtleneck hat, like just covered up. And my kids are walking around in flip-flops and like they're swimming trucks. I'm like, you're going to get eaten alive. I'm telling you right now, put some clothes on. And they just got, they got blood suckers got them. Like they are just like, like just all over them. They got eaten alive. Wow. Anyways. So that was my weekend. Go to Fantrax. Check out this, you know what? And I went home and I checked my Fantrax and I was super excited. I saw my Amari Cooper had 38 points. Oh, made me smile. All right. Speaking of fantasy, my uh, this week was the first round of my fantasy baseball playoffs. Ooh. And only six teams made it. I was I snuck in like the fifth slot or something like that. And I won. I, I wasn't supposed to win. I came back and won. A bunch of my pitchers are hurt. For fantasy baseball, it's all amount of the, uh, the two-star pitchers. Pitchers who pitch on Monday or Tuesday, then again on Saturday and Sunday. To start. Okay. So you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But I won, so hopefully I win again this week. Hopefully you got a lot of Trottle Blue Jays players. Those guys, all they do is hit home runs. Yeah. They beat the Baltimore Orioles yesterday. I saw 22-7. to Right. And they just routed the Yankees four straight. First time in the New York Yankees history, over 100 years, that they never led in a home series for four straight games. The Blue Jays just took them out back and just started curb stomping them. Like, they dominated them for four straight games. The Blue Jays are now in the playoffs. The Yankees are out, and the Red Sox are teetering on the brink of being out of the playoffs. The Yankees are the best team in the AL East, minus the Tampa Bay Rays. They're a juggernaut. I don't know how they do it. But it's good for you, Tim. Congrats. Do you play that on Fantrax? Sure do. Oh, yeah, you do. Fantrax, check them out. You won't be disappointed. Well, they're just getting the extra plugs today, Fantrax. Yeah, good for them. I'm excited about the new sponsor. It's only for a month because I think they're just testing us out. But Fantrax, backslash DTG, very good for them. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. Good for us. They pay us money to say that, just so everybody knows. But they are a good company. Yeah, I've been using them for a while. I used to use Yahoo and ESPN. I switched off it. Yeah, I haven't used Fantrax yet, but I will. We're going to do a Fantrax Fantasy Hockey League for all of our listeners. It's going to be great. Hopefully, we'll get 2,000 teams. That's the beautiful thing about it. You can have 2,000. Anyways, let's talk about actual hockey news. What's going on? Did you, yeah, hear, the crazy, of- did you hear the crazy stuff this Ottawa GM's been spewing? Yeah. What is going on in Ottawa? Just can you give us his quote, and then we'll break it down, and then hopefully we can just text Brady Kachuk and be like, what's your donkey of a GM saying? Yeah. What so, is he saying? So this is um, the GM, Dorian. He said Pierre. it's... Pierre. He said it to the Ottawa Sun. Is that the, the new, big newspaper there? I don't know. I don't live in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, this is the quote unquote. The rebuild is done. Now we're stepping into another zone. We've had a plan since we started this rebuild. I feel like that we're in this next stage now. It's time to start to win. Okay. Why? First of all, let's let's do this question. Why would you say that? I don't know, because I'm thinking about that, too. Because, like, does he really even believe what he's saying? Is he sending a message to his team? Is he sending a message to the fan base? Is he just excited about this this core that he's got? Because I, I, I agree with the sentiment. So, like, if you say the rebuild is done in the terms of you've got your young core, the, the group that you're going to build around for the future. And I think they've got that, right, with Kachuk and Norris and, and Stutzel and some of these other kids. So, in that sense, sure, the rebuild is done. But are they – it's time to start to win. Win what? What does he mean by that? What, exactly. And can you list off who in the, who they have in their division now, now that we're back to post-COVID teams and divisions? Right. So Tampa, Boston, Toronto, Florida, 
Montreal, and then they're probably better than Detroit and Buffalo, but not by much. Yeah, so when you look at that division, are they better than Florida? No. Boston? No. Toronto? No. Tampa Bay? No. Montreal? No. So that's five teams right there, right off the top, that you you are arguably worse than. And then you get to teams that, you know, maybe Detroit. Probably better. Buffalo. Definitely better. Poor Buffalo. This can't catch a break. But so out of those eight teams, two, four, six, there's eight. You're maybe you're you're scratching for sixth. Why on earth, if if you're Pierre Dorian, do you do this for the fans' sake? Do you do this to put pressure on your young up and coming players? Do you do this just to kind of buy yourself some time? If if anything, to me, this puts more pressure on Pierre Dorian. Why would he even say these words to say the rebuild is over? We have our team. This is it. Now it's time to take the next step. Hello, Brady Kachuk isn't even signed for next year. He's still an RFA who hasn't signed his contract. So you don't have your arguably your best player under contract for next season. Why put this much pressure on yourself? You know you're not going to make the playoffs. I, I don't see the reasoning behind this. I don't see any I don't see Steve Eiserman spewing this to the Detroit Herald saying, guess what? You know what? It's time. Like, how long has Ottawa been in this rebuild for? Six years? Five no, years? Because they, they went to the, the Eastern Conference Finals like four years ago, right? Okay, so they've been in the rebuild for four years. I just don't know why he goes on this tangent to say this. No, no, break it. To, make this make sense for me, Tim. Well, the, the, the Kachuk thing is interesting, too, because Dorian also said that he's confident that um, – They'll have him signed before training camp starts, which is coming right around the corner. And Sean Simpson reported that Brady is working out in St. Louis, and he's kind of confused and frustrated at how things have played out. He doesn't understand why he hasn't been signed yet. And I don't think he's got an offer that he's serious about. So, I don't know. To talk about this core, talk about his time to win, you don't even have your best player signed is kind of interesting. Sometimes, as a player... You want you want your GM to instill confidence in you, right? You want him to be like, okay, great. I, I believe in you guys. This is the team that I put together. We can go out and win games. Yes, that's great. And maybe they're they're still riding high from how they finished the season because they finished last season. I don't want to say on a tear, but they were they were markedly improved. I, I think you could see the progression from the young players. Kachuk had a great year. Um, Brown and Norris. Batherson was a goal scorer. I didn't think they expected. Shabbat was. You know, the Norris contender who he, he's kind of working out to be, Stutzel, you know, he showed signs. But if you're just basing your roster versus Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, you can't. Your, your top guy had 36 points, and it's Brady Kachuk. You don't have a superstar on this team that I can, that I can see. Maybe Shabbat? He's the only guy who might be a superstar, maybe in like three or four years. I don't understand this. It only instills. There's a lot of pressure on this team now. If he says we need to, we need to take the next step. What happens if you don't? What happens? Do you, do you start selling off now? Is it, is the rebuild over? Do you, you start just like transitioning? It's like, well, we got to regroup. These guys aren't the guys because our our rebuild's over. Your rebuild is not over. You still have a ton of cap. You haven't. You haven't spent to the cap nearly to where all these other teams who are competing, like you say you're competing. You have how many millions does Ottawa have left still left to spend? 
They still have 24 million projected cap space. 24 million. And you think Brady Kachuk's going to eat up six to seven of that. So you still have 19, 18 million dollars to spend. Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay, Montreal, the teams that are competing, the teams that are expected to win, the teams that are trying to win the Stanley Cup, they're to the cap. If you're Pierre Dorian and you're spewing these comments saying, you know, it's time to make the next step, you make the next step. Invest in your team. Spend the money that you have available. Don't just send these kids out to the slaughter and say, you know what? Time to take the next step, boys. Here you go. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Willie Nylander. You know, you guys are better than them. Oh, uh, the, the perfection line, Marshawn, Pasternak. You guys are better than them. Oh, go play Tampa Bay, the two-time defending champion. You guys are better than them. Take the next step. Montreal, who signed everybody, had a great offseason, made the Stanley Cup Finals last year. You're better than them. Go. Because I said it. My words, what, what I say, now it shall be. Right? Isn't it stupid? It makes me yeah. upset. The more I think about it and the more I talk about it, I'm like, why would you say this? If anything, you're putting your head on the chopping block, Pierre Dorian. So just for yourself, it's not a good it's not a good thing to say. And for your team, it's putting all this pressure on these young kids coming into the camp. It's like, what is Pierre talking about? Why is he saying this? They have five players in their starting roster who are still on the entry-level contracts. They have seven making less than a million dollars. Now's your time to win. <laughs> now is the, we, the rebuild is over. Everyone's on their entry level contract. Now, if, if he wanted to make he, if he wanted to make a statement because these guys are still on such low contracts, he would have went out and spent 18 million dollars and got a bunch of superstars. That's what he would have done. Mortgage just future went for it this year, but he didn't because he's smart. I like what Ottawa's doing. They're not rushing it. This, this quote doesn't match with what they're doing. Why not just say something along the lines of like, when we started this rebuild, we wanted to build, find, like, draft a young core. We've done that now. We've got our group. This is the group we're moving forward with. It's time to, like, just start putting the ship in the right direction or something like that. Like, it's just, just making a statement about this group and not about trying to, it's time to win now. What does that mean? He's not going to win this division. He's not going to win half of his games. He's not going to make the playoffs. No. Why put expectations on yourself? Do you hear any other GMs? Do you? I always compare people to Steve Eisman because I think he does a masterful job. You never hear him quoted in the paper ever. He never does interviews. He never is the face of the franchise. He's a, and he could be. He could be. He could be the like the guy for Detroit. All the players are. Um, nobody knows who the players are. Even Dylan Larkin, their captain, nobody knows what he looks like. Steve Eisman could come out front and just be the guy. He doesn't. He doesn't want it because he's smart. He knows where he's at. Even with Tampa Bay, they hadn't won a Stanley Cup. You don't see him out there making comments, this and that. I compare everybody to Steve Eisman. Do you hear any comments, you know, this is where you are, rebuild this and that? He maybe gives an interview at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season. That's it. Pierre, this, the Dioran, the Eugene Melnick, they're always in the news. They're always creating controversy. They're always stirring things up. It doesn't make sense to me. It just brings unwanted attention to your team. Just be quiet. Don't put any expectations on the players. Don't put any expectations on your team. I thought Ottawa was in the right direction. I enjoyed what they were doing. I think they have a good youth movement. They haven't thrown terrible contracts at players that are going to look bad like the Edmonton Oilers do. Like they, they didn't do that. The Calgary Flames have a couple of those contracts. Just be quiet and go about your business. You aren't ready to win yet. Look at the teams in your division. Stanley Cup champion, two-time winner. Boston Bruins, who their window is very, very, very quickly shrinking. Toronto Maple Leafs, who themselves are going to blow up the whole team if they don't do something soon in the next couple of years. Like, your time will be soon. 
Just just stay the course. Don't do anything silly. Don't rush the development. These kids needs time. Like they're you have it. Don't ruin it by making these comments. And he's ruining it. So Speaking of Eisenman, who do you think will have a better team in three years? The Red Wings or the Senators? Because I threw this out on social media and I threw it a poll on Instagram and I think the Ottawa had the slight edge. I threw a poll on Twitter and Red Wings had a slight edge. So it's it's close. Who do you like? Um, based right now, I think Ottawa has more NHL-ready prospects who are producing, like like you just said, the Stutzels, the Shabbats, the Norris, the Kachucks, those guys. In two years, the Wings will have those players in their system. There's, there was no room for them last year. They had so many guys on one-way contracts who so they just needed to get off the books. This year, they have a couple guys who so they need to get off the books still. But you give – I think in three years, Detroit will be a better team. I do too. I do too. Like They have those NHL-ready players. I mean, Dylan Larkin's still only 25 years old. They have Rana, Bertuzzi, Pius Suter, Fabry, like all these young kids. And they have – the kids they have coming up in their system, Phillips, Adina, Moritz, Sider, obviously – Troy Stetcher, Valeno, Raymond. It's just, it's a, quite a group. Yeah, and it's one thing to just say their names. Oh, high draft picks, this and that. We'll see how they pan out. Ottawa's yeah. players have already planned out. That's that's the thing why Ottawa's ahead now because their prospects, like Drake Batherson had a great first year. Like he played really, really well. And so we'll see if those guys in Detroit can take the next step, can can carry the luggage, you know, and be good NHL pros because it's hard to do. It's easy to sit there and, you know, say, oh, yeah, you know, they're going to be great. They got this high draft pick, this high draft pick. Guys flame out all the time. So we'll see what happens. We'll get a close look from them when they come to the prospects tournament here, and we'll get a good look when the Red Wings do their camp here. Right, Tim? That's right. That's the plan. When is that? Can you give us a date for that? I think it's next week. Next week. We got to get our ducks in a row for that. But anyways, what other NHL action? I heard Sid the Kid got a little surgery, Tim. Can you give us some news on that? Yeah, he did. Um, he had a wrist surgery last week, so he's got out for at least six weeks. So he's going to miss training camp and the start of the season for the Penguins. Probably not a huge deal. He's, I don't know, at this point in his career, he knows how to bounce back from an injury. First couple of weeks won't matter as much for that team because they they're going to win some games and they'll make the playoffs anyway. So, um, But it's still worth noting out when arguably the best player in the world is, is injured and watching from the, the sidelines. So is this an injury that occurred – because of last season, or was it a training injury? Did you get any uh, news on that? I did. It's a weird time for a surgery. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't hear about it, where it occurred, so I can look into that. But Yeah, I doubt they'll tell you. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, you got surgery. It's interesting if it was a lingering injury from the offseason and he was just trying to work through it, not get surgery, not get surgery. I'm guessing that's what it was. And he just got tired of working out with it, tired of it. He didn't want to go through another season with this wrist injury. And he just said, you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm going to get us fixed up, get some bone fragments removed, and away we go. But that's, you know, I don't know. Will it affect, affect Pittsburgh? They don't have, you know, a pretty easy division. They got Philly. They got the Islanders. They got the Rangers. They got the Devils. Capitals. Capitals. They have some heavy hitter teams in that division. And when is Pittsburgh's, you know, window gone? Is it? It's, it's already gone. Theoretically, they haven't won anything in about a decade. But when do they stop? <laughs> they won back-to-back cuffs like four years ago. No, was it four years ago? <laughs> Feels like a decade ago. But what is their window done? Like Malkin isn't the same player he used to be. Sid's right. falling apart. His wrist is falling apart. Do they have the next crop of players? They have Gensel. Who else do they have to kind of carry the reins when Sid's out? I think this is a bigger deal than people are making it out to be. If he's out for a month, 
the first month is is a pretty crucial time in the NHL season. You need to set yourself up. You got to set yourself for Easter. You got to set yourself up for the All-Star break. It's going to be the Olympic break this year, but you need to be in a position to where you're not sellers, you're pushing for the playoffs, and if they don't get off to a good start, it's not good for them. He got the surgery around the time that they announced they were going to play in the Olympics. Do you think that had anything to do with it? He obviously wants to play in the Olympics. And this right. comes after McDavid just said, really excited to play with Sid the Kid in the Olympics. I've never had a chance to play with him. So I know Sid, not personally, but I know him. <laughs> I'm sure he wants to play in the Olympics. He loves playing for Canada. He never misses a chance to go to the Olympics. So I'm sure that was a factor in it where it was just like, okay, my wrist, my wrist, maybe it'll get better, maybe it'll get better. Okay, this is the last date I can get surgery before I still have a chance to go to the Olympics. And he went under the knife and got it done. So we'll keep an eye on that. I think this affects Pittsburgh more than people think. Could I be. I don't. I don't like it, and it affects Sid because he likes to cook. He likes to chop his vegetables. He likes to beat his meat. He likes to cook. And what is he going to do? How is he going to eat him? I guess if only there's some way he can get delivery, so he didn't have to cook while he's got a broken wrist. Guess what? There is a way. What? There is. DoorDash, ding dong. DoorDash is here for you, Sidney Crosby. Go on your phone, go on the computer. Heck, they're probably even in the newspaper. Go to DoorDash, pick your favorite restaurant in Pittsburgh. I'm guessing it's Hooters. Get yourself some wings, get yourself a, a burger, get it delivered. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, Sid. You got your food. You don't have to chop up anything. Got delivered right to your front door. Is our promo code figured out yet, Tim? <laughs> Still not. What figured a disaster! Out. They told who, us it was, but it wasn't. Who so. cares? Still go to DoorDash. Tell them we sent you. Uh, we sent you because it's a great company. You get food delivered to your house. You can eat it in the comfort of your own home in your underwear. No one's gonna care. I'm not gonna judge you. Watch just some football on a Sunday. It's a beautiful thing to do. Get some chicken wings. Oh, I love chicken wings. Go to DoorDash. Can I tell you a quick story too? And no, I, you can't. Let's move on. No, no, this is important. <laughs> I lost. I lost my wallet over the weekend. Oh no! I still can't find it. Um, I I looked online. Like it's not stolen. There's no charges on the card, so it's kind of like in my car or something. But yesterday, starving, can't go to the store. Can't pay for anything. I use DoorDash because my cards are connected already. There. Oh, it's a beautiful so thing. It was a double whammy because I ordered lunch from Panera then I also ordered groceries from Meyer, and I have them both delivered you can get DoorDash groceries groceries oh yeah I didn't know that this... oh yeah I didn't either and I was looking on I'm like oh crap I was gonna go grocery shop and I couldn't find my wallet I forgot that I lost it oh wow DoorDash just keeps getting better and better and better so do what Tim does lose your wallet and then go to DoorDash it's you don't a... need it anymore you don't need your wallet I lost my credit card two weeks ago I just don't care I don't buy anything that's what, and I and I use DoorDash. Do you cancel it though? No, because my wife has the same number. So I don't know. She buys all my stuff. All right. What else is in the news, Tim? Uh, yeah, we had a retirement officially. Um, kind of a feel-good story. So David Backus retired after 15 NHL seasons. It would have been cool for him to reach the thousand game mark this year, but he, he is 965. But just really nothing left in that tank. Um, but he signed a one-day contract with the Blues to retire as a member of the Blues, which I love when that happens. I think that's a cool thing. Uh, he had a nice quote, too, and he's basically talked about like how he didn't put up crazy numbers. He would have liked to win a cup, but he didn't. But he said, how I hope to be remembered was a guy that gave it all and did everything in my power and didn't waste an opportunity, left it all on the ice, and was a great teammate to the guys I was wearing the same sweater as, which I think he did. I think that that's that's who David Backus was. I think that goes without saying. He, he was one of the good ones. You know, he played the game the right way. And he played it on 
the edge. You know what I mean? He wasn't a peripheral player. He got in the mix. He was in every scrum. He was the first guy in on the forecheck. He was the definition of a power forward in a time when power forwards were in their heyday. And he, he lasted a lot longer than most power forwards did. So good for him. David Backus, friend of the show. Really respect that guy. So uh, off and uh, to the greener pastures. He'll, he'll do good stuff. Yeah, he'll be he'll be involved. Some. He'll be a GM. He's too smart not to be. He's got the charts. He's got the spreadsheets. He says so. He, he, he likes he, he likes does. to do spreadsheets. And I can't. Yeah, not that's not my my wheelhouse. I hate that stuff. What else, Tim? Um. So Patrice Bergeron made some interesting oh, comments. Oh, as week. the world turns, a new episode of Boston Bruins. Life on the edge if of the world. someone else wants to make a headline besides the Boston team. Bruins, then. Sabres, Leafs. That's all it is. Nobody else wants to make headlines. But boy, oh boy, as a Bruins fan, this must have you a little bit of concern, Tim. Uh, more than a little. So basically, he was speaking to the media in a, a Zoom interview, and he said he's going to play out the final season of his contract, which is this year, and is not going to think about re-signing until after the season, which is not what you want to hear from your 36-year-old captain. No, who is the heartbeat of your team. I, yes. I think when you think of the Boston Bruins and you think of identity, it's Patrice Bergeron. It's been that way for a decade now. He, he's won a cup there. He has been the guy. Even when Char was there, even when Lucic was there, it was Bergeron. He was a straw that stirred to drink, to quote a phrase from Reggie Jackson. So that is a, that is a, it's a quote. You know, the, the only reason why he doesn't want to negotiate during the season is because he wants, he wants to see how the season goes. He wants to see if they're a competitive team, and he's not going to resign there if they're not going to be a co- competitive team next year. So th- this, if if I'm Don Sweeney, I'm going, whoa, uh-oh, we got to make this a good year. Because if he's not on this team, that's a huge loss. What's the bigger loss for the Bruins, him or Marshawn or Pasternak? Are they all pretty similar? It's a linear move. It's all so similar. I can't. I can't, but I mean, I don't know. No one impacts the game at 200 feet like Bergeron does. He's a, he's a great player. He's he's 36. His age might have a you know something to do with that. But boy, oh boy, I could honestly see him going to Montreal. Stop. Let me read the quote. So he said, "I think for me, the way I approach this year is I want to concentrate on this year. I have a year left of my contract, and I think it'd be useless of me to think about the future. Yeah. Useless to think about the future." He is hedging his bets, and he's saying, you know what? I don't want to deal with all the conversation this season, so I'm just going to get a quote out there early. I'm not going to talk about it, and we're going to do it in the offseason, and we'll see how it goes. He's not going to resign there if they have a tough year. He's not going to resign there if they're a first-round exit. Guaranteed. So could the Bruins lose Chara, Chara then Krejci, and then Bergeron in consecutive offseasons? One, and, two, three. And still be set up to be a successful team? Yes. <laughs> that's what successful teams do. Not they, to mention Rask, too. And Rask, they just let their players go. They don't, you know, there's no emotion there. Char, there was no emotion. He's past his prime. Let him go. We saw that. Char is not the same player. Rask, who cares? We already got his replacement in um, Olmark. Swayman. Swayman, and, no. And Olmark. Olmark, yeah. yeah. Um, Krejci, you know, they wanted to keep him. What are you going to do? He wanted to go play at home. Good for him. Bergeron goes, you have to fill that void. You have to. There's no Patrice Bergeron. They need to start developing young players. They're getting rid of the salary cap. You need to start signing better players. you got Taylor Hall to come in. You still have Pasternak on an unbelievable deal and Marshawn on an unbelievable deal. So you have to take advantage of those deals and those players. But it is what it is. I honestly could see Bergeron leaving. He wants to go but go play back in Quebec. Go back to Montreal. Hometown kids speak French all the time. It'd be great. No. What, you shaking your head no? No. Would it, would it be worse? What's what's a worse scenario? Patrice Bergeron leaving and going and playing in Montreal or Chara leaving and going and playing in um, Washington? Bergeron would be way worse. It would be. Way worse. Okay. I, I, I hope it happens. 
I'm sure you do. Do you do you see any scenario in which he doesn't play for Boston next season and retire a Bruin? I, well, what I keep going back to is is like what you said about him hedging his bets. He wants to see how the year goes. If Krejci had come back, does Bergeron sign for it? even just a one year extension? Just to say that like he wants to be part of the scoop for another year and he knows the team's going to be good. If with Krejci gone, is he kind of say, well, I don't know, I don't know about this group, I don't know about this roster. Maybe we don't win. Maybe we win one playoffs round. Maybe we don't even win a round. Yeah, I don't think Krejci has any uh, impact on his decision for next year. Maybe this year would have been better, but I, I don't know. I, I think this could end up being a good thing for Don Sweeney. Like we said, Bergeron's 36. His best hockey's probably behind him. He's still a very effective player. He gets nominated for the whatever Selkie, Selkie every single year. They might as well name it the Bergeron. Do you see a situation if the Bruins are a bubble team, they trade Patrice Bergeron at the end of, at the deadline? No. Really? No. But if you have a player and you're a GM, he's not invested in your team, he's a huge asset. You could get a boatload for Patrice Bergeron for a cup-contending team. The guy has the pedigree. He has the history. He knows how to win in tough situations. Why not ship him? I don't know what his contract status is. If he has no full-known move clause, I'm assuming, but you could get him to waive that. Send him to a team that's a competitor. I'm sure Bergeron would okay a trade to another team if he has a chance to win the cup. I don't know. What if they did and then they went out and got Hurdle? Tomas, see, I would take Hurdle. I would trade right now. Bruins Hurdle Bergeron, without a doubt. I think Hurdle's not signed though. He's got one year. You, you could sign him. That's the thing. I'd rather throw money at Hurdle, who's twenty eight, and throw money at Bergeron, who's thirty six. You're getting a way better impact from Hurdle for three, four, five years than you would for Bergeron. Bergeron's going to want a three year deal. He's going to want something that takes him into the you know his forty when he can retire. So I don't know. Not so rosy times with the Boston Bruins. We'll see how that plays out. These guys are pros. It's not going to affect them at all. They're going to come in. They're going to win games, and they're going to be a juggernaut like they usually are. But, but if they're not, adios, Patrice Bergeron. Non-Boston Bruins. We saw it. Like This is a New England thing. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Tuka Rask. Mookie Betts. Dan O'Chara, Mookie Betts. It's just what they do. They move on from their superstar players. And Patrice Bergeron is just another one on the list. He's just another number on a page. huh? He's been a Bruin for life. He's been been on this team since he was 17. 16 years he's been the Boston Bruin. Yeah. Who cares? Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything at all. All right. What else we got? Anything else, Tim? Unless you want to wax The last final thing is that um, Zach Parise officially signed on the island. Good for him. Who cares? What What was his number? What he signed for? Yeah, because we never got a number when they announced it. They were announcing all the Palmieri's, all these other signings, the Zizekas's. They were giving us numbers, big numbers. What did Parisi get? I don't know. It's not on cap friendly, so I don't know if they've even announced it yet. If it's more than a million dollars, I'm going to lose my, my marbles because he should be around league minimum, 750 Yes, he's still listed as the UFA on the... Um, oh, well. On cap friendly. Anyways, we'll we'll get that out to you on Wednesday. He this is the guy who was a healthy scratch in Minnesota, and this is a much better lineup he's joining. So I don't know why fans are excited about it. Well, because he's Zach Parise, he's going back Lula Morello. He's got the history. He's got you know he he's a good player. If you, if you put he him was. in a, a third line role, you know minimizes minutes. Maybe he can produce. Maybe squeeze some more juice out of that Zach Parise fruit. I don't know. He's a good player. He works his tail off. He's a hard worker. I I've never played with a guy who hounds the puck harder than Zach Parise hounds like in the corner usually if you if you get around a guy I don't do it very often but you can push him out of the way you know body him out he does not give up other players they'll give up they'll concede like okay you won that battle take the net and make the pass Parise will not he'll hound you on the left side hound you on the right side he like tries to lift your stick he just does not give up it's like a dog in a bone 
dog on a bone, Zach Parise. So that's a good thing. Anyways, we'll see how that pans out. If it's more than a million dollars, I'll be surprised. It's going to be league minimum. All right, Tim, one last shout-out. Fantrax is back. So I love fantasy, Tim. You love fantasy. Everybody loves fantasy. Go to Fantrax.com backslash DTG. Get yourself some fantasy leagues. You do salary contracts. You do team caps. You can do an auction draft. You can do whatever you want. All kinds of leagues. It's a great spot. Go to Fantrax. You can do keeper leagues. You can do whatever you want. The commissioner adjusts to player value in the salary cap leagues. It's really cool. You can control everything. It's beautiful. Like I said, up to 2,000 individual teams. Just check it out. Tell them we sent you. It's an unbelievable fantasy program. It's better than all the Yahoo's, the ESPN's, all those jokers, CBS. Those are okay. If you want to step your game up, go to Fantrax backslash DTG. Tell them we sent you. It gives us a little bit of gravy. It gives you a good fantasy site. It's all free. It's all in good fun. Check it out. And you get the Nathan McKinnon jersey. And you get a free Nathan McKinnon jerseys when you enter and you use backslash DTG. And Nathan McKinnon is a good player. He's pretty good. Fantrax, T-R-A-X dot com backslash backslash Back, it's just forward slash. It's not backslash. Forward slash? Yeah. DTG. I, I've done it backsplash on my kitchen. It's a good thing. It enhances your whole kitchen. It's really nice. nice. It is nice. It adds value to your house. It really does. For a very small amount of money, you can do it yourself. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you had a good weekend. Better than mine. I hope you have less bug bites than I do. That's easy to do because I got about 1,000. And we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.